and welcome to episode 51 of Cyclops is Waiting for Me, an X-Men the Animated Series weekly recap podcast. I'm Rod. Uh, I've said this before. I'm a songwriter and musician. If you care about indie music, you can look me up on Spotify and all the streaming services and stuff. Or recently, I've gained a little bit of an audience on TikTok for being a 90s nostalgia junkie. So if that's your thing, I lay in bed and talk to you on my pillow. I'm JC, and I'm mad at Rod because this is actually the fucking anniversary episode, Rod. Oh, this is the anniversary. Yeah. Episode. Oh, happy one year, yeah, man. Yeah, great, great job, Rod. <laughs> I got you a mug. I got you a hat. Yeah, see? Yeah. Happy anniversary, <laughs> fucker. Cyclops is waiting for me as our weekly podcast series. We are going back and watching every single episode of the original 1992 X-Men, the animated series, and their original intended script order, building up to the release of X-Men 97, which is coming to Disney Plus theoretically <laughs> later this year. Yeah, we're time traveling. This is definitely not being recorded at the end of 2022. Shut up, Rod. <laughs> Stop pulling back the curtain. Don't ruin the wizard. <laughs> yeah. Some quick reminders. We're a recap show about a series that started now over 30 years ago. There will be spoilers. If you don't want to spoil it for you, pause the podcast watch episode and come back we'll do our best to avoid mentioning anything about future episodes we haven't covered yet also why are you listening to a recap show if you haven't watched the show that is kind of weird i as though i listen to all kinds of stuff that i think is boring should i subtweet <laughs> i was going to shout out a podcast but i'm afraid that's going to get me in trouble because i have a feeling i know people involved with it. Yep. but it helps me go to sleep every night mm -hmm. thank you unnamed person uh, <laughs> that's going to be a game in the comments trying to figure out which podcast that is <laughs> <laughs> i would love it if we had comments <laughs> currently not sponsored or affiliated with disney or disney plus in any way we're currently on that mission <laughs> and we are just going to make enemies of other podcasts don't forget to follow us on the social media of your choosing at cyclops iwfm pod instagram tiktok t twitter question mark facebook because why not at this point some boomer wants to listen to our bullshit and of course make sure to follow us on your favorite podcast service if you're listening this to somewhere else for some reason like youtube finally we record these episodes in batches that's why we get weirder and dumber as the nights progress you could tell what the first episode is of a batch and what the last one is also if we're reacting to any news whether it's about the upcoming series or irl things like certain people launching digital trading cards where john is talking lots of shit that's why now onto the show today we're going to be talking about season four episode 14 titled bloodlines it aired october 26 1996 and currently sits at a 7.7 .7 star rating on imdb i know you mentioned before that eric lee Walt said that sometimes themes get repetitive this is four episodes in a row one is a two-parter granted yeah. but this is four episodes in a row that are about family trauma yeah and also that there was a point in this series i feel like when you could read a title and be like oh yeah i think i know what that's about even just from memory and you're like bloodlines there are literally a dozen things i could guess this might be about because there's so many like bloodline like you said like family trauma but specifically like genetics and stuff i think at this point they were just having fun titling shit. right <laughs> wasn't there i think the first that season of family guy they were trying to like title them after like murder mysteries or something and they were like oh we can't keep doing this there was <laughs> one thing thing i can't remember what it was i want to say it was like video games where the chapters in the game were literally named after episodes of golden girls oh really oh, I, I would do dumb shit like that like dude when i was at wwe we would come yeah. up with the most random episode titles because the episode title was never said it was just our own internal oh, stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. and then people started noticing and they're like <laughs> the fuck are you guys talking about yeah anyway my first note for this episode was oh man weird intro this is gonna be a questionable episode <laughs> i mean look at the dates on it this one came out october 26th of 1996 so yeah. this is from a release order perspective this is one of the last episodes this is like last 10 to air yeah i honestly don't remember if i actually watched this in real time or <laughs> even in the recent 
after the show ended because then there's the new intro you're like which studio did this episode and the studio was the good studio yeah i will say that it was but it was still the, it was still one of the latter episodes yeah, so i don't think i actually saw this when it actually aired so they open up with ubc news i'm not sure if that's significant or if we have seen that before because once again goldfish we've seen different iterations that are parodies of like nbc and cnn and stuff like that so i don't think there was anything particularly significant about that they very quickly jump into some really just IRL stuff of any time period in recent American history. And they talk about a sudden surge of anti-mutant outrage. They show clips, which was interesting. We were talking before the podcast about this, which I interpreted as depiction of the mutant version of the Ruby Bridges photo, the Norman Rockwell painting of her attending a, a desegregated school and stuff. And then you had... For me, like, it reminded me of the image because the girl was older. Ruby was very young. Yeah, yeah. I interpreted somebody that was like high school or college age. So it reminded me of the uh, image of uh, Hazel Mazury. And I apologize if I'm getting it wrong. And she was one of the Little Rock Nine. And that was the image that it evoked for me. That is actually a known mutant in that image, though. That is Blink. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I do know Blink because no. of some TV show. Oh, really? There's a Fox TV show where gal that I can't remember her name, but she's good in a garbage show. <laughs> okay. But, anyway. but that was Blink who in the comics, Blink is most known for being one of the exiles. She okay. came out of the Age of Apocalypse. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But that was the character and it was somebody being escorted through an angry group of like bigots. Let's yeah, call yeah. it out as it is. Yeah. And we were actually commenting like, it is both a testament to the show, but also sad for true history that we both pulled different images for the one reference. Yeah. And that there were also, when we went to go Google it, there were multiple. Yeah, to, to try to remember and find the specific names of the people, it was like the amount of results that were coming up from all the way back to the 50s and 60s to the modern day still getting these kinds of images is just it's heartbreaking uh, and then you see there's a pizza place that has a uh, mutants welcome sign in the front and it blows up and that reminded me there was the recent uh, person who attacked it was either a pizza place or an ice cream store but it's the one time one of the maga people was actually was wearing their mask place. and they like they firebombed it because they said there was some secret thing in the basement or whatever was that was it was that it i think there was something it was a pizza place where it was uh it was like hearsay on some probably a 4chan 8chan thing or whatever or something or true social or some bullshit yeah Yeah. (laughs) but yeah it was the it was somebody who is anti-lgbt and Mm. decided to firebomb and that was within the last few years uh, no not even a few years that was like the last three months from when we're recording this yeah Yeah. okay so maybe it's not that's even sadder it's not even the one it's not the one you're thinking of this was just (laughs) but the one i was thinking was like two years ago yeah this was a recent anti-lgbt violence scenario history keeps repeating itself and uh, few people can see the patterns i even and we won't dwell on this but like i always say but i will say before you give your thought it's actually hard not to dwell on it in Uh an episode like this because what we're going to talk about in the second with the Friends of Humanity, literally the fact that they are wearing hoods, yeah, like it's even that. less of a veiled metaphor at that yeah. point. With the Ruby Bridges specifically, she just within the last couple of years hit retirement age. And she was the, I believe, and forgive me if I'm incorrect about the history and anybody can correct me, but I believe she was the first black girl to attend like a desegregated school. And so those photos are usually portrayed in like black and white, but they were fully capable of doing color. Stuff. Yes. They might even be taken in color. Things. 
And also that's something. So I just, within the last couple of years, have been learning a lot about Asian American history. And if for whatever reason you don't know, I'm Asian American. I wasn't taught any of that stuff in school. I learned it through like talk show hosts and doing my own like, digging in history and stuff in American history, like not even like right. overseas. Part of my theory of like why inaccurate portrayal of history is taught specifically in America isn't just because of patriotism. Like you just to try to portray things well. It's, it's that it was so recent that you would probably, actually, you would definitely see someone's actual grandparents throwing rocks at like minority kids and stuff in photos. Yeah. Now, and I don't think grandma's ready for that. We, when we <laughs> were looking through the pictures, I had shared with Rod, there was the recent outing of Jerry Jones, who's the Dallas Cowboy owner, of another time where there was a protest against black students. And Jerry's face is clearly shown as being one of those angry people protesting against those students. Yeah. And it's like your point. Somebody's grandfather was in a photo being a racist. And this is just one of the most famous people yeah. being shown in that light. Because I think if we start adding some more of those photos to textbooks, people will start picking out their actual relatives that are probably still around. It's easier to point out a slave owner from the 1800s because they're dead now. Yeah. My two cents about that. But uh, <laughs> so not, not I think I just say if we're going to learn about history, we should be a little bit more accurate about it because we can't learn from it if we deny it we just ignore it and stuff it's just going to keep happening again so that's whether it doesn't even it's not ever like the same thing race has always been a thing now it's just talked about and stuff like it's always going to be something so we can't address the underlying principle then the different versions of it are just never are the versions might slightly change and stuff but the principle like this needs to be addressed so yep anyway we see a face we haven't seen in a while and we see a clip of which Raiden Creed. Which is not just in the show where it, we find out it's been a year that he's been around. We actually haven't seen him since season two. Yeah. Like the entirety of season three, <laughs> like he is a, not in like there. a few years. Yeah. yeah. And he's at some sort of hearing and he's denying involvement. Um, I got the vibe it was Congress okay. or Senate, but I, I got the vibe it was Congress. But he's denying involvement in the saying specifically Blink's case. Just any of the cases. Yeah. He, he was denying any involvement. But he also was praising his patriotic countrymen. And again, like, we try not to dive too deep into politics within the show. Uh-huh. But at the same time, like the correlation 30 years later, it's a one to one, man. Yeah. Like you can't deny the some of the shit being spouted right now yeah. that hits on this. And also, this is not like a legal thing, but in my personal opinion, if you say that uh, you didn't do it, but you support it, you did it in my book. So. <laughs> Yeah. Same thing, same thing. yeah. So we cut over to some mysterious location where the Friends of Humanity, which we have also not seen in a while, yep. are meeting and they are not subtle. They are now formally wearing hoods. The only difference between them and the KKK at this point is literally they have their mouths showing with their hoods as opposed to covering everything. And they're not pointed. They're like rounded. They're, it's still it's yeah. It's, yeah. it's not. He's not hidden. Yeah, yeah it, it, the corollary is not yeah. subtle. Yeah, it's, what did you say in the last episode? The gas station He-Man action figures? Yeah. <laughs> so Creed is back. I, was for whatever reason, was under the pressure he was in jail for a year. You said he was just covering her and hiding. Yeah, so he walks proudly back into the room and he's like, thank you for the welcome back. I'm ready to resume control. And they're like, no, he's, they're like, you've been in hiding for a year. And just a reminder to anybody, in case you didn't remember or, or have recently just started listening to us like creed was outed a long while ago as Sabretooth's son and so for him to be like the leader of like time mutant group it's, yeah it's ironic but also poetic justice kind of and the, the one thing that is different from the comics to this is that they actually changed uh, Sabretooth. Sabretooth's name 
to be Graydon Creed Sr., whereas in the comics, we all know uh, Sabretooth as Victor Creed. Just to like hammer home, it's like he's a junior. It's like there's, it's not his uncle, it's definitely his kid. Yeah. Except if you follow Mexican wrestling rules, in which case of Rey Mysterio and Rey Mysterio Jr., that is a uncle-nephew relationship, not a father-son. Oh, so them and James Bond have the things. Remember James Bond Jr.? Junior. Yep. yep. It was a nephew. It's like, it was his nephew. They never addressed why it's a nephew and stuff. That I, was a good show. We should bring that show back. I like the show. I just recently watched a YouTube mini documentary about the legality of that show and how complicated it was. Yeah. Which is quite interesting. I, I actually just missed that era of the 90s where ridiculous. they were just like throwing every franchise out of like walls and seeing what stuck. Also, also, before we move on, that show didn't age well. Lots of really bad stereotypes in that show. Oh, yeah, I'm guessing so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. The, the main villain. Yeah. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Anyway, speaking of. But they are basically saying, like, dude, you're not getting in control. The council controls. You lied about your heritage. You're the offspring of Sabretooth. And Creed says yeah. that was just a traumatic response and... I'm still one of you. And then they're like, that's not the only thing in your blood. And they throw a file at him. Which I love that visual. I want to throw a file at somebody's face so bad. You're safe, Rod. There are no files in the house. (laughs) Although for certain groups of people now, like evidence and files don't matter. So yeah, (laughs) literally. No, but I want the physical act of throwing that file with paper at somebody's face. Like at a complex at (laughs) Mar-a-Lago. Rod, you know you can't pick up files there. They're all locked in a safe. (laughs) now (laughs) anyway so he looks at it we don't see at the moment what it is highly implies that he has more family that is mutant yeah it is definitely like this is a family tree reveal that you are not gonna like and even we know this later is not true but you know especially at the time is like in the 90s when you're watching this week to week might have implied that like he might be a mutant or something or the possibility or he had a kid that turned out to be a mutant like it could have gone in any direction at that point and so he's like you know what this won't send me back i can prove my loyalty yep (laughs) and uh, you don't know what that means nope he said he would deliver all of them to prove his loyalty which yeah also in the show could like just mean a myriad of things (laughs) which also family it's wild. There's a lot of lot to unpack there. There's an old graphic from like 2013, 2014. And unfortunately, because it like was uploaded to Facebook, the file size is so small that even when you zoom in, it's still very fucking tiny. Uh-huh. But it's all the familial and romantic relationships within the X-Men. And it's a fucking, inco- it, like the most confusing but amazing infographic ever. That's hilarious. A lot yeah. of closed circles, I'm going to assume. <laughs> Lots of branching trees and dotted lines. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, then we cut over to the X-Mansion, yep. where apparently they ce- celebrate, ho- not only celebrate Halloween, but somehow kids have enough stamina to run across the private property to you the ju- front door. You just said stamina. Stamina. <laughs> See, Stan Lee, uh, I don't know. Nope. I'm trying to justify myself. Okay, but so what were the references of the three kids? Yeah, so the, the three kids arrive at the door. First off, uh, you clearly know it's Wolverine because of the voice, and then he reveals he's a beast mask on. Yes. And he's trying to scare the kids. Then when the kids pop up, okay, so I had T-Rex, right? This is generic T-Rex, I'm assuming. Or I that. would argue about the T-Rex, but hit the other okay. two first. Definitely Daredevil. In the but it is the yellow, the yellow suit, suit version of it. Mm-hmm. And then is that Spider-Man? It's like dollar store Spider-Man. Okay, I was wondering because it's like, that's not a character I know. It's definitely not Venom. Yes. But it's just because the iconography. They also switch like spots of where the color scheme hits too. Yeah. Oh, you mentioned this is a factoid in a previous episode. They couldn't use Spider-Man, right? They could not use Spider-Man directly. Okay. So so also that 
so this reference and then also- we're going to do that as probably a one shot episode i feel like because we got time to fill before the fall okay there you go yeah and then uh, the nightcrawler episode with mary jane yep that i guess they couldn't directly reference as mary jane but they just put spider shit all over her stuff yeah and then also there's a TikTok person who said that's not Mary Jane, that's Mary Jane. It's definitely Mary Jane. <laughs> and the, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll just upload this clip to the TikTok so they see it. Just you yelling. Yeah. And then a previous episode where you just see like a Just hand. do the remix where it's just you yelling, yeah, yeah, it's Mary Jane. <laughs> and then the previous episode, like an early, early season where it's just a hand. The thwip. Shooting a, yep. a web. Yeah. So, okay. So I got those. I got those. Okay. This might be the first out of cameos that I may have gotten correct, except you're going to disprove me of the T-Rex thing. So here's the thing. I can't, I can't disprove the T-Rex. I can say, if it is intended to be a reference, it's Devil Dinosaur. I do not know who that is. You do, because I've literally said the name Devil Dinosaur before, okay. and your response was, I don't know who that okay. is. <laughs> so I'm consistent. You're, you, it's Maverick 2.0. <laughs> but that is not crystal clear that it's uh-huh. Devil Dinosaur, because it is just a red T-Rex. Okay. So it's really hard to prove that that's the same thing, but it was a red T-Rex. Because I, I just talked it up to the, we've said this a few times in this podcast, but this is in that chunk of time in the mid 90s where Jurassic Park just owned the fucking world. It, I would argue like barely comparative to like how big the MCU hit at the beginning. Just like I mean, getting close Park. to Lost World era at this yeah. point. Yeah. Like everything was about dinosaurs. We had not seen dinosaurs like that since ever before that first Jurassic Park movie. Speaking of Maverick, though, I for, I was randomly like looking through our analytics on YouTube and something about Maverick, I want to say, but except for our card unboxing stuff, I want to say one of the Maverick reference shorts yep. is either the highest viewed or one of the top three highest viewed shorts. I thought that was pretty funny. It's me yelling at you about Maverick. How <laughs> is that the highest one? Hold on, I'm gonna, so for those of you who are not addicted to it yet, I am playing a lot of Marvel Snap and I'm showing Rod the devil dinosaur from Marvel Snap as reference. Okay, yeah, I would not recognize that. Yeah, yeah. you're right though, because it's just like a- It's a red It's a red T-Rex, yeah. I guess the red part maybe. Yeah, that's why I got the vibe it was devil dinosaur, just specifically because it's red. And how many times are you gonna see a red T-Rex? It's funny, I mentioned that shorts statistic about Maverick, like as if I couldn't just look it up on a magic device in my hand right now. We have the power, Rod. Okay, let's see. Most viewed. Okay, so our most viewed is the unboxing in Dark Phoenix Saga. Okay, Which so are Dice Masters. Dice Masters, sorry. Yep. Our most viewed short from an episode is Maverick, <clears throat> isn't in X-Men, from episode 23 out of the past. But the first two before that are the unboxing of the Dice Masters and then the voice of Rogue. Yeah, uh, thing that you got at uh, LA Comic Con. That makes sense. But yeah, the <laughs> Maverick isn't an X Men clip. Is our next highest viewed short? It's literally just you saying something that is incorrect, and people watching being like, <laughs> "What the fuck is this guy talking about?" See, I'm the clickbait. I'm the living. You clickbait. are living clickbait. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Anyway, uh, so X Men. Yeah, and Wolverine doesn't even get to give the kids candy because they're all freaked out by Beast's face for some reason. And then we go. Then it switches angles to inside the mansion, and my note here is, "Oh right." Jubilee exists. I don't mm. know when we saw her last. It's been a while. It's been a minute. She has not been in a batch of episodes in a row, no doubt. Wolverine is just kind of venting to Jubilee that he's frustrated. And they have, I have definitely not seen this episode before this watch. Wolverine brings up something that, yeah, this is like one of those if mutants were in the real world kind of thing. He's like, I hated the kids dress up as monsters and mutants. I'm like, yeah, like that. Fill in the blank with what you, you know, obviously, what would be like now. Yeah. That'd be weird. And then he's specifically upset that they get to just take it off the next day yeah. after having fun with it. It's, it's very 
appropriate. He said, tonight it's cute, but tomorrow they get to go back. Yeah. So is this, I don't know. Is it interesting? I didn't know that they were like, I didn't see this as a kid, but there was a chance that I did. Yeah. That as a kid, I could have been being taught the principles of appropriation through a Saturday morning cartoon. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah, Jubilee is kind oh, of maybe don't scare the hell out of the kids. Doorbell rings. She takes it. And then instead of it being a trick or treater, it's Nightcrawler. Yeah. Which I forgot. <laughs> Jubilee doesn't know who he is. <laughs> no. She may have heard about it from Wolverine, but she has not met Nightcrawler, and we didn't have digital cameras. Yeah, and she freaks, obviously, at the beginning, because I think the only person she's seen that's even close is Beast. Yeah. But now, add a tail. (laughs) Again, the tail, eventually you do see it, but Uh it's not super prevalent right at the beginning. He has glowing eyes. The glowing (laughs) eyes are the freaky part. The glowing eyes and the three-fingered hands (laughs) are definitely the... Wait a minute. That's a really good prosthesis, sir. Wolverine's like, oh, yeah, this is Nightcrawler, and then lets him in. And we cut over to Nightcrawler talking to Wolverine, Rogue, and Jubilee. Yep. That's all that was there. Yeah, and apparently everybody else has taken the night off. They did have that as a throwaway line, which I do appreciate. That was kind of like when Rogue and Gambit took a vacation, and that was their reason for not being around. It's like (laughs) everybody took the night off. And it's like, okay, Gambit definitely went to some, like, S&M club in New York City. And maybe Gene and Cyclops are finally getting their fucking honeymoon. Nope. Did they get married finally? Nope, still not married. <laughs> and Nightcrawler is explaining, this is very consistent for this character, so I'm glad that they pay attention to this. He's asking for help because he's explaining that he got a letter, like a ransom letter, basically, from someone, a letter that's in his birth mother's handwriting. Yes, because he had the note from when he was dropped in the basket, apparently, as a child. <laughs> River for some <laughs> Moses. Yeah. And, Moses uh, all the way, brother. He's asking the X-Men for help because he's like, I'm a fucking monk. You're the X-Men. To be, just to be clear, he does not say I'm a fucking monk. That's a different kind of monk, yeah, sir. He's a celibate monk. And he's, yep. And he's an abstinent monk. And they don't even have wine. Right. They're not even the fun monks. Yeah. They're just helping ski victims, ski accident victims all day. But it's a good point. Except for the battle that happened like when the X-Men were last there. He a couple weeks ago, maybe a month maybe, ago, realistically, yeah. yeah. He's not really experienced in any of this stuff. And nope. So he, because also X-Men have all this tech and he lives in a broken monastery now. Yes, which they don't even <laughs> fix. Yeah, and, and unlike the comic book version of Nightcrawler, this one has not gone through his swashbuckling era. Mm-hmm. So he isn't running around with the sword that came with the action figure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. He had, he had a rapier. Yeah, and actually, that's say very carefully. <laughs> he had a rapier. <laughs> And a suction cup on his knee. I remember because me and my brother argued about if we should cut it off or not. Because it looked ugly. It looked ugly, but I was like, I get it. But like, ah. Well, that was like the Spider-Man action figure that like one of them was like, it was one of the best looking Spider-Man, but he had the giant suction cups on his palm. And I'm like, yes. no, this is stupid. My favorite Spider-Man action figure was the one that was super articulated. You know, yeah. Like, oh, that makes sense. Because he's Spider-Man. And also the clean figure. Yes. But he was permanently in the uh, hand and thwip pose. That's true. Yeah. So he couldn't actually stick to anything or whatever. He couldn't, po- he couldn't grab anything. <laughs> Poor man. Wow, we really are just following the Joe Slepsky right? tradition of Nightcrawler <laughs> tangents, aren't it's we? Joe on Joker. So Wolverine specifically agrees to help him, and Rogue doesn't fight or anything. So all of them are like, okay, we'll help you. And then they start walking away. And the last two are Jubilee and Rogue left behind. And Jubilee's like, you know, Beast kind of looks like Nightcrawler. Do you think they might be related? Almost as a joke. I think it's just because Jubilee's only seen two furry blue people before. That's fair. And yeah, like you look at all the Morlocks and everything like that. This is literally the only t- second time we've had specifically blue and furry. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Mystique, but she's not furry. She's blue. I don't know off the top of my head, but has 
Jubilee ever seen Mystique I don't, I don't, directly? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't know if she was in those episodes. I can't yeah. say for sure. Yeah. Or no, because she was in the episode where she fell asleep under the tree where Rogue saw her. So oh, yeah. she may not have seen her in person. Yeah, just because she fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, she was sleeping under a tree and they just left her. Fucking teenagers. Fucking anyway. DC. <laughs> anyway, Rogue is like, oh, that'd be just as likely as me and Nightcrawler being kin. Big dramatic like foreshadowing. Which we as an audience actually already know the answer to that. That's the funny part because we know that Mystique has revealed herself to be Rogue's mom and we know from the flashback in the other episode that even though Kurt doesn't know it, we know that his mom is Mystique. Which is funny because I would definitely not have inferred that as a child. <laughs> I was not that smart. I, pro- I There's a good chance as an adult I wouldn't have inferred. I was going to say, Rob, by the time this came out, you were literally a teenager. Oh, yeah. Wait, 90s? You were literally 13. Yeah, I probably still Yep. Arguably was dumber as a teenager than as an elementary school student. I'm not trying to get myself up to be anything special. Damn it, Rod. So yeah, so Rogue pokes that joke, which funny, I thought was going to be a payoff like a lot later and not in the same episode. That was a a little throwaway there. They take off in the Blackbird. Everyone's just kind of doing normal business in the Blackbird. Then Jubilee kind of splits off from the main group to the back where Nightcrawler is like reading a Bible or something. It's what he does. Yeah. (laughs) Talks to Nightcrawler about being adopted because... She's also adopted. Well, she, she actually specifies that she was never adopted she just ran around oh yeah sorry she was fostered she yeah. never actually was formally adopted but i just had never really cons- put together and considered that this is the first time she's ever talked to definitely anyone that's been a mutant and like in the adoption foster system yes but possibly I'll, anybody that's been in- although i would not say that he was necessarily in the foster system he was in the river foster system <laughs> The circus fosters? I don't know. Like, Which is worse? Is it the river foster system or the cir- circus foster system? Yeah, one of them was literally the foster system of God, like, hope you survive. And the other one was the U.S. government. So, I mean, the river might have been safer. I've had friends that go through the U.S. foster system, and it wasn't great for them. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt ended up at a monastery and with loving circus parents. Which apparently he dated one of his sisters, according to Joe. Yeah, I. once again, guess what doesn't happen in Wakanda forever? <laughs> They get to talk, and it's actually a sweet conversation. I don't know how I would receive this as a kid if I saw this in real time or if I would have even noticed. But I think if I was in Jubilee's shoes, I would actually very much agree with her. Yeah. Because she's very much the like, voice of the angsty teen who also, like, to your point, she never got adopted. So, like, she focuses on the anger of it all, which I would probably be in a similar suit. I'm an angry person right now. <laughs> I can't imagine if I didn't have a healthy family life to, to fall back on. And it's interesting because it's not the same levels or calibers. It's, like, slightly different, but also similar enough that, like, Kurt, although from, like, an Anglo-Saxon, like, Caucasian background, is visibly not. Yeah. Like, he's blue. The beast comments yeah he can't blend in modern society yeah, unless he's in a trench coat and jubilee who we have to be reminded of because animation is an asian american girl yeah even though maybe not to the same extent of looking like a demon being like an asian american teenager in america in a white community in the 90s had its challenges for her and so i could just imagine how this must have been pretty exciting for her to like split off and be like I need to talk to you, dude. How do you deal with all this? Because he also comes across as a very peaceful person. Even when he was in a little bit of duress about talking about his, the note from his birth mother. Yeah. He still had like a lot of like hope in the way he talked and stuff. And so he continues this in this conversation, even though she's being angsty, he tells her about everyone being part of God's family, which coming out of the wrong mouth sounds really douchey. 
But he says it in a very loving tone, which you're like, I believe you, even if I don't agree with it. I believe that you believe that. I think because the way the conversation starts is she gets up from her seat to go talk to, to Nightcrawler. And she says the stuff that you said to Wolverine meant a lot to him. That's right. Yeah. So she has a predisposition that he is not the negative stereotype, you know, Tammy Faye preacher, yeah. the things that we have all seen explicitly are bullshit. Like, this is not a negativity against organized religion, but we definitely know there was lots of snake oil happening in the 90s in particular that was coming to the forefront in the public eye. Yeah, she's, it's kind of, you mentioned Tammy Faye. She's more of like late 90s Tammy Faye and less early 80s Tammy Faye. Yeah. <laughs> but also that begs the question, probably not likely that Wolverine opened up about that to Jubilee, but hilarious to think that about. That Jubilee heard it from Rogue. Yeah, kind of like that. I, the, uh, I think that sister. is the most likely because... While we've seen there's definitely like some sort of relationship between Jubilee and Wolverine, it's not as close as in the comics where you see their existing relationship or the relationship that Wolverine has with Kitty Pride. It's been touched on, but never been explored to the extent that Kitty was almost like a little sister to him. And in this, the times we've seen her tag along with him, it's like he had inherited a stray cat. Yeah, like the long shot episode. Yeah. yeah. Where he's just like, I don't want to see you get hurt, but please fucking leave me alone. <laughs> Which is me with all children. I won't, and you have a little sister. Who's thousands of miles yeah. away. So ideal situation. Yeah, I, I, get, I get to be the cool brother who just clicks add to cart. Same. I found this shirt that I want to buy for myself. It just says punk across the front. It's like professional uncle, no kids. Nice. Because the same thing. I I just, sit, my whole family, we agree that like the kids go first in our family. And so like my niece is the only like grandchild and she gets her first preference. And then we split up like budgets. Yeah. Cause the adults, whatever. <laughs> the shipping alone for my niece's Christmas present was $120. And it took up the whole front seat of my car. You know, worth it. She's eight. She deserves better than me. My brother did. <laughs> but I'm the same way. I can add to cart or drop it off the post no, office. No, you add to, to cart. Don't do the post office. That's why it costs you $120 to ship the fucking thing. This is a weird situation. I don't, I hate calling, I'm not an influence. This is a weird situation. The fact that we're talking about family Christmas gifts after Christmas, this airs oh, on right. an X-Men podcast. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We're past weird okay. conversation at this point. Well, Just go. Anyway, I don't consider myself an influencer because uh, if anything, I have like a small audience then like I would think would be valuable to like a brand or something. However, he has a Patreon. He's full of shit. That's true, too. But there, I'm definitely in the space, right? And yes. So fair. I have access to things that. I don't want to make it sound nefarious. It's just, it's just toys and stuff, but I have access to stuff that, like, it's easier for me to get through those channels than to try to, like, go off Amazon or something. Yeah. And so, like, this, I'm in a privileged situation of some sorts where, like, my niece, I can be on Facebook. Literally, what happened? I'm on FaceTime with her at Thanksgiving. What are you into this year? And she tells me, and I make a list of whatever contacts I have. <laughs> and I still pay for stuff when I can. But, like, it, so it's, like, it's... We can be more selective with things, and so I just like kind of put them together and stuff. I'm the uncle that's like, giving toys and like cotton candy, and then just dropping off at my brother's place. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, X Men. Oh yeah. So they're still talking about being in the foster care system or being adopted, and she asks him if he's mad about feeling abandoned or being abandoned because she's, no matter how you cut it, we were abandoned, and which is fair. Yeah, and he says that he prays to God for the strength to forgive, which is. A nice distinction because he doesn't say that he forgives or he that he naturally forgives. He doesn't even say that he's not 
Matt. Matt. Yeah. yeah. He's just like, yep, we're going to let go and let God on that one. Which, fair. I don't know. It's a very uh, thought out answer. And it sounds sincere because I've definitely yeah. grown up in the church and stuff, have felt yeah. getting canned answers sometimes from church leaders and things. And yeah. I feel like even as a kid, you can tell like when it's like real and not stuff and he definitely had a very genuine tone it's it to me as somebody who hasn't practiced literally since being confirmed as a teenager which i know is a really weird statement to (laughs) to say out loud it feels like the difference between understanding and responding yeah and i think for the most part like to to what you're saying with the canned answers is like people just will say stuff because they are they feel like that's what they're supposed to say yeah Whereas you do feel like Kurt and his brothers in this monastery actually study the scriptures and care about their responses enough to discuss it and dive deeper into it. The perception is in the modern day that most people are doing. Most people are just, to your point, giving a canned answer. Anyway, the Blackbird lands and they're at the dam. They're at a dam. A dam, yeah. You said the dam like we knew what this particular dam was. The dam. They give the dam, no. Sir, it's a Nightcrawler episode, so it's literally the goddamn. Oh, there you go. Or the darn. I was going with the Beavis and Butthead joke. Uh, Do anybody have any questions? Is this a goddamn? (laughs) And everybody just awkwardly stares. Oh, yeah. Remember the 90s when they're like, oh, any time we can say bitch or damn. That's still to this day. (laughs) And so Wolverine's scoping out this stuff and he's like something's fishy here he says he smells a rat is his particular language and And because it's wolverine i didn't know if that was literal yeah yeah he's like oh there's a lot of rats here which i guess because of who we find out it is he might actually specifically recognize some people even just vaguely yeah i mean that that's why especially knowing the setup of the episode like does he smell mystique does Mm -hmm. he smell creed does he just smell friends of humanity or is it a metaphor yeah didn't know which one it was actually none of them bathe that's the thing. They definitely don't bathe. Bigots and villains don't bathe. <laughs> Mystique definitely bathes. Yeah. She is so fucking prim and proper, dude. Right. Or does she need to? Unless she doesn't need to. Yeah. I feel like she still would just to relax. There, yeah, that's true. She, literally, we talk about it later in this episode. God damn, we're on page one of the notes still. She likes the finer things in life. She's definitely a bubble bath person. That's true. I could see that. Yeah. Also, historically, bigots don't bathe, right? Because uh, was it the... Colonizers came and took over like the mines and stuff. The mines like were burning incense because the Spanish smelled bad, but the Spanish thought that they were being treated like gods, which is the best part of poetic justice. That ever, I never that knew. Justice, like, I never knew that, but that <laughs> God, the arrogance is absurd. Biggest don't bathe. Anyway, yep. so he says they're going to go with them, and Nightcrawler's. Like, he starts no. getting cold feet. Yeah, he's yeah. like, can't do this. There's just too much here. And I love Wolverine. He's like, all right, what's the problem? Don't have enough faith. He actually tells him, he goes, have a little okay, faith. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Have a little faith. Yeah. yeah I love that because even a good guy needs his uh, balls chopped sometimes. I don't know why I said it that way, but that's, you know what I mean. That <laughs> is a very different practice within certain <laughs> groups. Yeah. He's a monk. He's not a eunuch. Anyway. Keep going for the love of God. Keep <laughs> so going. They cut to, uh, I guess, just some like regular door at the dam. And Jubilee knocks and says, trick or treat, because it's still Halloween. Yep. The same day. Yep. Because it's the daylight. Oh, yeah, it's definitely got to be the next day. The next day. So this is November 1st. Anyway, this might be one of the first times we actually have a specific date. <laughs> one of, well, aside from a very Morlock Christmas. That's true, yeah. We haven't which, yeah, which we didn't time that out or no. do we didn't do it out of order. I think it's going to happen around Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, probably. That's hilarious. Anyway, and one of the Friends of Humanity answers. I don't know. This episode's going to have Joe Slepsky territory on it. So who knows? It might happen in the middle of fucking June. <laughs> so she, oh, yeah. So the Friends of Humanity answer. Trick or treat fail. Yeah. And the Marine's like, ah, Friends of Humanity, and takes him out. Nightcrawler takes him out. Oh, Nightcrawler. Okay. Because Nightcrawler pops up behind him. That's true. And then he 
Yeah. That's actually the most violence we've seen out of Nightcrawler is like he legit punches this dude. Yeah, you smell bad. I don't know why I put this just now, oh. but Wolverine, whenever he refers to Nightcrawler's mom, he says mum. And I don't think he's done that in the other episodes. So I don't know if that was just weird captioning at the time. And I my head was filling in mum. It that. may have been captioning because as somebody who doesn't watch it with captions, aside from we have like the hard, heavy accent episodes, yeah. I only heard mom or mother. I didn't yeah. hear mom. It could just be the the actor with the Canadian accent. Yeah. I don't know. One of those like what blue white dress things where it's like, oh man, the whatever you influenced me on is like kind of what I'm hearing right mm. now. You know? it's like, yeah. Anyway, so I was like, oh, this is weird. So they split up. Yeah. <laughs> So Wolverine and Jubilee go in a direction where they find a room full of weapons, which is really sus, and they also never return to. Yeah, it literally <laughs> says blasters and munitions on the sides of them. Yeah, surprisingly not lasers, because that's all they exist in this universe. <laughs> blasters are lasers. I guess so. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah. I guess the missiles are also lasers. And then Rogue and Nightcrawler. Those are the munitions, Rod. There you go. Rogue and Nightcrawler are going through a hallway looking for Nightcrawler's mom. Interesting little detail, which I don't know if it was an error or a Freudian slip on Wolverine's part. When he radios in, he says, looking for your mother to Rogue. I went back and listened to it again to see if like Nightcrawler had said something for Wolverine to respond to. And it was Rogue that he was talking to directly. And he's like, looking for your mom. And I was like, that must have been a dialogue error. I got the impression he was just saying it to the two of them. them. Yeah. Yeah. With whatever he was saying, he knew they were both hearing. So he was talking to... Nightcrawler, or it might just been like a fun, like writing slip. It's just moments before this happens. Absolutely possible. I didn't get that, but yeah. I also drink. Yeah, <laughs> and so like literally seconds later, Rogue and Nightcrawler hear a voice down the hallway. Nightcrawler goes to open the door, and Rogue recognizes the voice. But before she gets to finish like her thought of recognizing it, Nightcrawler just busts down the door. I rightfully Wouldn't so, like, you too? Yeah. Yeah, he's been looking for his birth mother for such a long time. And he also does not have the instincts of any of the X-Men of like, walking into a trap. It's like, yeah. there could just be a dude with a gun ready yeah. and pointed at you right now. And it's immediately Mystique walking out of the shadows. Which I appreciated that they didn't try to hide it. Yeah, he immediately starts talking. It's almost like how some of like the stuff in the previous episode with like the reveals of Magneto as the father and who the parents are of like, oh, Quicksilver, Wanda, your your mom wasn't or your dad wasn't actually your dad. And it's like, okay, good. Don't don't talk down to us with like, it almost feels like a shitty version of an N. Night Shyamalan reveal if you try to to make that last for like 25 minutes, you know. Or they could have kicked the door down. It was Jerry Springer with paternity tests. Maury was more the paternity test guy. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't very good at the trash. No, Jerry like occasionally would have it, but Maury was definitely paternity test dude. (laughs) Wait, was Maury... Don't need to go down that tangent. Anyway, uh, Mystique immediately yells. It's weird because it's almost like she... She, that was the best moment of the entire episode (laughs) for me. She's basically like, you idiot. They didn't want you here. Yeah, they wanted your brother, which I was like, you just threw a lot at them. Yeah. All at once. There's a lot to process there. Yeah. So the two of them are like... What? What? Yeah. So they find out they're siblings. Yeah. So she starts to to tell the story of, oh, Rogue, adopted you. But before you, I did have two kids that I kind she doesn't say she abandoned them but she put up two kids and one of them obviously is kurt and the other one is creed which there's so much to unpack there that they don't return to that like mystique and Sabretooth hooked up yeah i had a little bit further insight from the comics which i don't believe is ever addressed in the show so not spoiling any future episodes it happens as she is posing as a german spy lenny zauber is the name and she's seduced Victor Creed, a.k.a. Sabretooth, when he was in Germany on a mission as a freelance assassin. 
She's like a mother version of Nick Cannon. She's like gallivanting around the world, having kids. I feel like we're going to get like some sort of like slander because <laughs> of the Nick Cannon comparison to the fucking murder assassin lady. <laughs> She's mothering children all around the world. Just like she, willy nilly. She has a third of his, sir. <laughs> so, one, far, so far. And one is adopted. <laughs> So far. Anyway. Creed, not a big fan of that because he's in the room above them in like a control room and just like, wait, brother? He's like, do not call me your brother. And they don't address the situation. So I have to paint this picture of what you see here. They're like a danger room situation where they're in a lower level that's in some sort of dark like metal room or whatever. It's a dam. Is that how dam works? No. Yeah, because like Creed is up in like a control room that's like. That also has a poison gas thing. Yeah. Where it was like something about like, was it like a room to purify water or something like that? Oh, that's right. There was something where that's what the gas was supposed to do, but I did not know that science. So that means it's like like chlorine or something. I don't know. All I know is there was a gas that was knocking all them out. Yeah. And Um, it was in a room that definitely was not. If you have a room that does that, it should be like in like a vat or something thing or a pressure chamber because you wouldn't want a door that could just open right, yeah they could just be kicked out i was like I don't like that was like a regular just, door basically yeah. it's true see in my head i was like oh this is like a friends of humanity headquarters like, that's built within a facade of a dam but when he was saying that it was he, an actual dam yeah, yeah so he was saying that he's used to purify water it means that room was actively yeah used for water processing but i don't know how to purify water in a gas yeah not a water per, a, a sand, like water sanitation and sewage or something i don't know throw this on tiktok and see if somebody yells at us there you go <laughs> how do you purify water and can you do it with a gas can you do it inside a dam yeah the nightcrawler then says that he will pray that creed will find the strength in god's love <laughs> Which, which he would not want to hear that. What a thing to say when you found out 15 seconds earlier that you had a brother who mm. was trying to murder you. He didn't know the murder was happening just yet. He actually, of anybody, I think the, the one who can successfully plead ignorance and it makes sense is Nightcrawler, uh-huh. that he doesn't know Creed is a racist piece of shit. Yeah, He's a screaming lunatic, but yeah. like he doesn't even really know. Like He doesn't know that Creed is one of the founders or the founder of the Friends of Humanity. Yeah. That's kind of sad, actually. It's more sad. Wow, that's a, that's another nice little like soap opera dynamic. Two brothers that are like literal opposites. <laughs> the most opposite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Physically. Spiritually. Like, principles. Yeah. It's One has principles. <laughs> yeah. Rogue asks Mystique, why would you turn in Nightcrawler? And Mystique immediately says, well, you know, Rogue, you were always my favorite. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. <laughs> Which, great mom. Yeah. Shocking that she gave up two children. Yeah, mother um, that we know of. Yeah, and then basically she said she had to choose between sacrificing Kurt or they would come after Rogue. And then Creed immediately calls bullshit on. He's like, no, stop trying to save yourself. That wasn't a part of the deal. Yeah, yeah, you're out on your own on this one. Yeah. And then as we mentioned before, there's like a water purifying gas can also kill people. So he like hits the button that does that. And Nightcrawler like poofs into the control room. Yeah, he vamps. Vamps, okay. And so... This is a little bit of like, we're not a flex, like a little bit of a leap from what you guys were saying about the logic of Nightcrawler's teleportings. No. Because the gas was happening, so he could, like, no one could see anything. It wasn't heavy enough so, that it wasn't. I think if you're in a room, there there is a lit up control room. Uh-huh. It was enough for him to be able to see because he didn't do it as one instant jump. He did like one or two to get up there. Okay. So I think that was within the realm of the power set because he could also see what he was teleporting into in the yeah, next room. Yeah. So he gets in there, it's like, so about that. 
And Creed is yelling at him while they're fighting. And I put in here. Like, so at this point, Creed's family, he is the minority in it. He's yeah. the only like homo sapien that we know of. They haven't revealed powers or anything. I don't know if they ever do. But right. at this point, yeah. everyone else in his family that he knows of is a mutant. And Dad is Sabretooth. Mom is Mystique. Half brother is Nightcrawler. Adopted sister is Rogue. Yeah, and he's still just like hating on everybody. It's it's just a weird energy of like, how far are you going to take this logic? So anyway, to a little bit further explanation on the character in the comics, part of what takes him down the route towards founding the Friends of Humanity is his disdain for his family. Mm -hmm. So for him, it's just proving that he's doing the wrong thing. Obviously wrong and convoluted and fucked up in every way, but it's the more he's having it like shoved down his throat in the show, he only knows at least about Graydon Sr. (laughs) He may or may not know about Mystique, but he definitely didn't know about Nightcrawler. Yeah. So that I think was the reveal in the folder that gets thrown at him is it's not only are both your parents, which you lied about one of them to us, and then you lied a second time. Here's the thing you don't even know about. Yeah, your brother. Yeah. And then who knows if Rogue was even in that file. I doubt Rogue was in the file, to be honest. But to me, especially because the mutant stuff has so much to do with genetics, maybe he doesn't turn out to be a mutant, but like even just like thinking that there's a high probability that, you know, that you're in that pool too. Every single other person in your family is a mutant. Like at that point, even if in the end that he never is, if I were his, like, she was at that point, I'd be like, am I also? Yeah, because they have they have sort of alluded to it in the show itself when Gene and Scott were talking about having kids, the fact that if they had kids would likely be a mutant. Yeah. So it's kind of like one of those like, dominant recessive things of like, if you have two, it's more likely to happen. Yeah. yeah. And she's already said that, like, he's just lucky not to be blue, let alone, like, I don't even know the mutant part. Yeah. I don't know. There's, no. there's, a lot to, there's a lot of things that are implied there. Lots of unpacking. And see, Wolverine and Jubilee get there just in time to stop the gas. And Mystique gets away. We don't see exactly what happens, but they cut away to, like, a hallway. And the Friends of Humanity, like, soldiers or guards or whatever, are running through the hallway. And there's, like, one guy that's, like, down. And it's, like, a... a generic thug, dude. Yeah. But also kind of unexplained because we haven't seen the X-Men like take anybody out. We literally only saw the dude at the door and it's not the same guy who was at the door. And then after the all this, the Friends of Humanity run off, we see that, oh, that was Mystique. That was like hiding. So good hiding job. And they run out the hallway too. And Wolverine has Rogue, what I call, make an X-Man door, (laughs) which is punch a hole in the wall. (laughs) And they all run out and Nightcrawler turns around and goes back for Mystique despite Everyone else being like, don't go back for that crazy woman. (laughs) And I wrote down 25 wants to know truth. I think so. That was the indication of Kurt's age. Oh, was that I think there was something where it's like been waiting 25 years to find out the truth or something. And I could be writing stuff down wrong because I tend to do that when I'm (laughs) taking notes. But I think that was the indication of it. But at the same time, Creed has run to one of the helicopters, too. Yep. And Mystique is running away, presumably like on the top of the dam or something, like in like a corridor. It is the top of the dam. That's not presumed. Okay. And Nightcrawler intercepts. Yep, he bamps up there. Yeah, freaks her out, which fair, because that looks super frightening. Just see like a cloud of sulfur and then a person. Yeah. And she tells him the story. So he's like, why, basically? Which I get needing closure, maybe a better time. Yeah, to go through. bad time, uh, yeah, not so. the safest time. Yeah. So she runs through like that. She's lived many lives. 
I thought it was an odd, maybe like a 90s decision to specify that she was always women. I think that probably just came down to where anything related to LGBT could be seen because she's presented as having male partners. Yeah. So they are definitely focused on keeping it. Yeah, that's why I mean, it's like 90s. 30 30 years ago, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Because she has literally... 15 seconds before this was a man in a hallway. So she specifies that she's been many women in her life. Yep. And some rich, some poor, and she's preferred rich. She was married to the Count of Austria. Austrian. Yep. Who she says wasn't handsome, but was rich. If they were trying to animate him to be ugly, I don't. I didn't get that. He was just a dude. He was just kind of frumpy. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe he was. I guess maybe in the X Men world he wasn't because all the X Men are like really just cut no matter who they are. Mag- <laughs> Magneto in his sixties or six like early seventies. Uh, he's like visible pec muscles. Yeah, he's like just <laughs> fucking shredded. So I guess maybe by X Men world standards, yeah, like oh yeah, he's a he's the unattractive one. Yeah. <laughs> so she married him for his money and said she had a really good life. She obviously got knocked up. Yeah. And was outed when she had a blue baby, which would probably do it. It wasn't even that her kid being a mutant, but it also revealed that she was a mutant and that was her secret. That was what she was more mad about. Yeah. So does that, I guess that everybody just inferred that because she had a kid that was a mutant that she was, or did she like turn because she was in labor? Based on the stuff that was shown, they inferred it because it didn't look like it ever showed her turning back from yeah. the two different times we've seen the Nightcrawler births yeah. for things. And so she was upset that she had to start over again and assumes that he hates her for abandoning him. And then he just kind of says, I'm just sad for you, which fair. Yeah. Because that's a really... He's the kid. Yeah. He's hearing like a grown woman who's his mother say she's basically been hopping gold digging situations and she was willing to abandon a whole ass human being for like money. When he says that he's sad, I think it's like that extra twist of the knife for her because mm-hmm. she's like, I'm even a freak within my own people, like even yeah. as a mutant, because she says she needs to steal parts of other people's lives to survive. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's so shitty. Yeah. She'd rather be hated than pitied. Yeah. It's easier because if you're if you're hated, you could hate somebody back. Mm-hmm. But if they pity you, like, what are you supposed to do back to yeah, that? It's almost like you're weak. Yeah. And Mystique says that she didn't want him and says a bunch of other things that she's clearly just trying to get him to be angry and say something out of turn. Right. But once again, the child in the situation says that he'll just have to ask for God's grace, which once again, he doesn't specify that he's not mad at her. <laughs> He just uh, says that he's going to ask God for a wisdom to be able be to forget. Or yeah. Whatever. So then back at the fight, Rogue and Wolverine are taking out the Friends of Humanity. The helicopter thing. Rogue, of course, is just taking down whatever flying objects there are. Yeah. Uh, they have a scenario where it's the one helicopter is like, like, tracking on Rogue. She flies in front of the other helicopter. So they end up shooting each other out. And then in classic uh, G.I. Joe fashion, you see the helicopter start to go down. And the uh, two people have parachutes. <laughs> just want to point out. You jump at that height, that parachute ain't deploying quick enough. <laughs> There's a couple uh, parachute things are going to happen here. The questions about Creed gets away yeah. in a helicopter. Back at with Nightcrawler and Mystique, they're still hashing out their whole thing. And yep, it's he, what they do. Mystique was like, How could anybody forgive me or whatever? And they're just going back and forth about the whole faith and the family and all that stuff. And Nightcrawler says that God wants everyone to be healed, which once again, coming out of the wrong mouth and the wrong tone sounds super douchey, but he sounds like he actually means it. Creed interrupts this moment by shooting mystique she's in the middle of saying that she doesn't deserve and you feel like she's going to say your forgiveness but as she falls over the dam because she fucking got shot she got shot to be fair she got shot in the arm yeah from creed who was on his own helicopter just to be clear but yeah she takes the wound to the arm and then she does the like the fugitive fall yeah (laughs) yeah 
and says prayers. Yeah. So I think that's kind of left interpretation. So it's like forgiveness is one thing, but like your prayers is like coming from someone who's sincere like that. Yeah. Is almost more because it's like, not only do I forgive you, it's like her son wanted better things. Now, there's a lot. That yeah. Because I think nowadays we think of like thoughts and prayers as kind of Eric, especially with how many horrible things happen in the world every day and stuff. Mm-hmm. Coming from someone who actually practices faith, prayers is like a pretty big thing. Yeah. Because it encompasses not only forgiveness, but also like a lot of good things and stuff. So she falls over the dam. If this was any other show, you would just assume she died. If you were not watching a cartoon, yeah. you would assume she died. And that they weren't super powered. Because she, she fell off the top of a fucking dam yeah. into water <laughs> after she got shot in the shoulder. <laughs> Here's the thing, man. We grew up in the 90s. Lots of people went off the edge of dams and cartoons and yeah. stuff like that. You would not think that shit would kill you. Yeah. You did not hear stories about people doing that and surviving. I just right. want to point that out. Or even just off like the second or third story of a regular building and not a dam. Yeah, seriously. So... Creed shoots the dam, and as it explodes, Nightcrawler bamfs away, and so he's trying to go find Mystique because she jumped, she fell into the right. river or whatever. But when he shoots the dam, it bursts and it like takes out his own helicopter. Yeah. Way to go, dumbass! Instant karma. Yeah. And Nightcrawler, while he's trying to like look for Mystique, Rogue plucks him out and is like, "Not today, not the time." Also, this bitch keeps coming back, so you'll have another chance. It's funny because she still does call her mama when she sees her. Like, it's not like she doesn't acknowledge that it's her parent anymore. This is generational trauma. (laughs) This is generational trauma, the fucking episode. Yeah. Then we're kind of at the winding down full house moment. Yeah. He's like wrapping up the exposition and stuff. And she says, well, it's funny how the the friends of humanity get arrested for blowing up a dam, but not hunting mutants, which fair. Yeah. (laughs) We see that all the time and stuff and not even that but sometimes it's like mob bosses never got taken down for somebody dying they got taken down for like tax, tax fraud yeah. al capone right yeah yeah or and, and even just in like like modern day stuff you know like trading digital trading card man and stuff like it's gonna be something dumb like NFT no. fraud or something but then there was like a whole like history of horrible humanitarian crimes no nope. white collar crime you then get the moment where rogue is confident that they will find mystique and you have the brother-sister moment and uh, Nightcrawler's wondering, like, why did she sacrifice herself? Which I don't know if I necessarily saw it as her sacrificing herself. Yeah, it was more of like a hesitation. (laughs) It's not like Creed was going to follow her with the shot, but they're having a moment and Mystique pops up out of the water behind them. And it's definitely that suspension of disbelief that she's just out of the the viewpoint that they don't see her disappearing into the woods. She starts tearing up a little bit. Yeah. I guess maybe, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I guess the thing about, you know, Nightcrawler saying that she sacrificed, maybe she didn't sacrifice, but she hesitated, which is like a small baby step of character development from right. previous where she was just all like, hey, she's my kid, let me go. Throwing one kid in a basket down a river? Right. I would call yeah. that character development. <laughs> yeah, so she gets away because once again, everybody gets away and they come back. They cut away. Creed is tied up and captured somewhere like in a you get you're getting like a helicopter or a ship or something mm-hmm. friends of humanity in the uh, not clan hoods yeah jeez just gonna call in, it out in the uh, gas station <laughs> clan. D- dollar store <laughs> clan hoods yeah they've captured him and they're like well you done fucked up and you're a kid of mutants and stuff so now you're really gonna have to prove yourself and they throw him out of a helicopter with a parachute that I'm not I've never gone skydiving but I don't think parachutes can go off on their own can they yes they can they can yes okay. I've definitely seen military training where literally somebody jumps out of a plane and the second they're out, it's already like trailing behind them. That is a thing. Can you survive if you have your hands tied? 
<laughs> he lands more comfortable than I think he would be able to. It would probably be a more painful landing. You could survive, but okay. it's usually like you're going to like... Not even broken bones, but like you can't balance. Like you're going to whack your head on the ground or yeah. something. So they drop him off at Sabretooth's cabin. Yeah. And it's also like redneck Sabretooth. Yeah, right. It's Sabretooth out of costume. And he's got like a curly hair. Like he has locks going. Yeah. It's like a reverse bigot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sabretooth. So it's like, good luck, kid. I don't know if they ever returned to this because I don't. I think we're hitting the era where I don't think I've watched from here on out. I don't believe they come back to address this. Okay, but man, that could be an interesting. Yeah. Or you just assume that he died. Eric Lee Wall does talk about it. Is whereas this is like one of the darkest endings that they've written <laughs> because you don't see the result of this. Yeah, this is like a, he kill you or worse. He's definitely the kind of dude that if he's gonna kill you, he's gonna kill you over the course of weeks. Yeah, and he has like animal friends and stuff. There's like a lot. Of, there's a lot of implications there. I don't think he even needs the animal friends. He has to yeah. share if he lets the animal friends do shit. <laughs> Dude's got natural claws. He does sure. not need help for shit. But it also was the converse of you had this change of heart with Mystique. So you had one kid having at least a possible positive outlook and then the other one is like this is gonna go so wrong for you <laughs> yeah so that's where it ended like it's a dark ending also, episode for me. also same writer as the nightcrawler episode oh okay yep that makes sense uh, if i'm pronouncing his name wrong i apologize len yui is the okay or len yu lee u-h-l-e-y okay but yeah so he actually came back from the nightcrawler episode to do this one which makes sense because nightcrawler like there's only two episodes he's been in the whole series right? yeah and you i think you need somebody to your point of like if you're gonna talk about god and come across as sincere you need to have a very skilled writer to be able to do it otherwise it's gonna come across as like you said it could come across as pretty douchey yeah kind of like 90s youth pastory and stuff and also the voice actor for kurt really good like he's a very like endearing voice like i b believe that he would be like a uh, minister of some sort or a priest or a monk or whatever you know? so the only thing that stood out to me with the voice actor is it actually to me felt like he toned down the accent just a little bit oh yeah i could tell it this time from yes time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 it was it's not that it was bad but it definitely felt like slightly less german german <laughs> yeah slightly less german monk but any little fun tidbits on this one? No, that was really it, was bringing back the same writer, and then uh, that Eric acknowledged that this was one of the darker endings, and very cool. pulling in stuff like, uh, yeah, this was how Graydon was birthed in the comics. Uh, also, like, Mystique being a German spy, and yeah. the, the free... Oh, man, I, need, I feel like I need to go back and reread some of those, like, classic X-Men stories, because I'm like, I miss so much of this, because I didn't really start reading X-Men on the regular until 2005. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Although by the time this comes out or within a week or two of this episode coming out, there is a collected version of X-Men Adventures, which was the comic that came out originally alongside a series. First few issues were one-to-one -one replications of the actual stories, but eventually they started doing their own stories that were set in this world. I don't believe they are considered canon, but they were meant to be the same vibe as the animated series so gotcha. yeah maybe we'll do a supplemental episode or something around that okay yeah thanks for joining us if you have any thoughts make sure to drop them into the comments for either the youtube upload or official instagram post about this episode if you like what you heard we appreciate a rating on the podcast app of your choosing you can find us on apple Podcasts, anchor spotify google Podcasts, Castbox. 
What's your generational trauma? And why was it your mom? <laughs> <laughs>